guys, we're back for another exciting episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play, and I am pumped for today's guest because I track stats, right? When, when I go play golf, I track score, obviously. I track greens, I track fairways, I track putts, I track, I mean, left side, right side. Like, I'm looking at everything, and I've recently started using the Grint as my handicap tracker. I was using a solution down here in Florida, but started using the Grint.com. And they even ask for which side of the fairway did you miss? Which side of the green did you miss? So, like, I've got stats running through my head like crazy. So, when I first learned about this brand, Note Caddy, I was excited because they do a little bit of stat tracking. There's GPS involved. There's course mapping. Like, it's dialed in, right? And I'm very excited to learn more about Note Caddy on tonight's episode. As always, the hashtag Wednesday Match Play is presented by Eat Sleep Golf. If you haven't done this, stop what you're doing. Click the subscribe button down below. Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel so every time an episode is posted, comes out every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That way you make sure you get notifications that the episode is posted. Also, if you don't want to watch it, you don't want to see my face, you can click on the subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. Podcast form comes out a week later after the episodes are live on YouTube. So Make sure whatever you're at, whatever you want to do to consume this content, make sure you subscribe. If you have questions, comments for the guests, make sure you leave those in the comments section below. But let's jump into the, today's guest. We have Note Caddy with us, and this is an app that I'm just excited to learn more about. We have the guy that basically founded this, and I don't even know if he's got employees. Like, this guy's dialed in. The website's <laughs> awesome. The app is awesome. So I'm going to welcome Louie from Note Caddy. I was going to try to pronounce your last name, knowing that I would totally drop the ball on that. So <laughs> I can't pronounce it, but I'm going to let him do that. So Louie, welcome to the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, my name is Louie Oviedo. It's, uh, See, that sounds like so town. good. Like, I could never make it sound like that. <laughs> yes, it is a town in Florida and in Spain. That's uh, My heritage is Spanish, so that's where I get it from. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. So let's just jump into it. So the way this, this show is formatted, we have nine questions, the front nine, so to speak, all business. So it's time to put on a suit and tie <laughs> and let's get serious. And I, I am very excited. This is only one of the one of the first episodes that I've had my uniform on. So I'm very excited to have <laughs> like my new crazy. golf shirt. So the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play is a part of the Golf Radio Network, which is a syndicated podcast solution. So it joins other shows like Private Club Radio and Anything that you want to learn about that, just check us out. Google search Private Club Radio. Google search the hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Golf Radio Network. This show is getting bigger and better as we go along, thanks to guests like you. So let's give us an overview. What is Note Caddy all about? What's your role with that? Where did it start? Just kind of the 10,000-foot view of all that has to do with Note Caddy. Absolutely. Well, so Note Caddy is really a, uh, an app that I designed to make uh, a simple way for you to be able to play every course. Uh, like it's your home course. We all play our home courses better than we play uh, any other course. So if we had the opportunity to play every course like that, uh, we could definitely see our scores improve. So when I started, <clears throat> I actually, uh, I've been playing golf for almost six years now. And uh, I, I picked up the game quickly and I started trying to absorb as much as I could. And one of the ways you do that, obviously, is you check out, you know, what the best are doing. What are the tour pros doing? Now, a lot of players, what they do is they focus on, you know, the pro swings and, you know, routines. How are they putting? What do they do to set up their putts? But one of the things that I noticed is that every single pro, you know, bar zero, every single pro, you know, is conferring with their caddy and checking out their notes. You know, so I, the first thing I did is I went to the store and I said, OK, can I get one of those notepads that that all the pros have? And they're like, uh, no, we don't we don't have anything like that. So. 
So that's kind of what inspired me is I really, I wanted the tool for myself and, and I still, you know, I'm passionate about it because I, I want, you know, the features that Noketi has. So it's really designed to, to, make, to make your own little yardage books. Uh, you can take notes uh, about the shots you take, your ideal misses, what clubs you want to take off the tee. Uh, you're able to get your distances uh, on every hole uh, to any place that you want. Uh, we also inserted a new feature called Go Zones and No Zones, which we're really excited about. And I say we, but it's basically me. <laughs> I don't have employees. That was my next yet. question. How many people work for you? So <laughs> yeah, you. it's just me still. You know, I get a little help occasionally, but for the most part, I'm a one-man show. So, uh, but it's cool. You can just basically drop in a Go Zone or a No Zone right on the GPS screen, and you can you can place it anywhere you want um, on that hole, and it'll persist. Uh, so you can have a little target place that tells you exactly where you want to drop it. Uh, or, you know, if you know there's a place you absolutely don't want to be because you're going to end up in jail, if you aim it over there, uh, you put down a no zone and it does the same thing. And then the next time you play, you just tap on that go zone or the no zone. It'll tell you exactly what the distance is. And then, you know, you're that much closer to having a great idea of how you want to play that hole. That's so awesome. So you can draw uh, undulations on the greens uh, with your finger or a stylus. Uh, and then uh, you can keep score and track your stats as well. So, so pretty much exactly what I'm doing anyway. Now, I I personally have GPS at my home <laughs> course. Our carts we are carts required, so I can't walk, and we have really high quality <laughs> GPS provided by Visage. So if I'm like, how far is it to That's that water? Great. I tap it, boom, it tells me how far it is. Or if I'm like, I know that I don't want to go right here, I can say, okay, well that bunker's 175, I need to hit it 155. So it's kind of got that no go, no zone, go zone kind of thing built in mentally, right? So right. how how does the app compete with with a golfer that's got that technology available to them at their home course? Yeah, so that that's an excellent question. You know, uh, it's comparable in terms of what the GPS provides. Obviously, something like the go zones and the no zones is really more about helping you plan out how you want to play a hole. So you might see that there's a bunker, but you know, I'll give you a different uh, situation. For example, you know, a GPS is a flat view uh, of the course in most cases. So say, you know, the, the right side of the green is very elevated. And so if you hit the ball short and right of the green, you have almost no way of getting up and down or the, or the rough is always left really thick there. So you just got to know, Hey, in that spot, I just, I definitely don't want to be there because I'm, I'm not gonna be able to get up and down from that spot. You know, that's not something you can necessarily see from just your little GPS spot. But if you drop that there, or if you put it in your notes, then you know, hey, you know, my ideal spot is gonna be left and long here because I do not want to go short and right. If I go short and right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna score a bogey. So it 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 changes your mentality a little bit just from getting yardages purely to okay, let me look at this hole and and scheme my way through this hole you know, kind of pick your shots a little bit more. I like that. And I, I honestly put myself in the category of a thinker around the golf course. I've been working with Bernard Sheridan with Impact Zone Golf and for the last few months. And he's got me thinking on every shot, you know, what would I do here? And if I hit the shot that I think that I want to hit, what damage could I cause? <laughs> you know, we played a, a, a practice round player, kind of a playing lesson not long ago. And I was on a par five and he's like, why are you hitting driver here? And I said, because it's a par five. And he said, okay, hit it. And I hit it and I hit it right. My normal miss is a little bit right. If I don't actually hit where I'm trying to, I'm yeah. still in the fairway. Well, I can't go to the green and two. I can't even lay up. I had to hit a nine iron. So he proved the point knowing that I was going to probably miss right. I did miss right. I hit a nine <laughs> iron and then I hit a wedge because the way that it, the hole lays out, it made sense. So it was 
driver nine iron wedge is like, what if you could hit a three wood here and have a four iron into the green? And just the way that I thought through that specific hole has kind of changed the way that I think on a tee to green basis. And our black course here at Tiburon, it's 18 holes. It's a championship golf course. It's harder. I mean, hard golf course. <laughs> yeah. I hit driver four times. I don't need to hit maybe three times. We have yeah. a hole, hole number two. It's the hardest hole in the golf course. Maybe the hardest hole I've played in Southwest Florida. It's 425 yards. I'm never hitting driver there. It's it's silly to. I'll hit three wood, five iron, six iron, and I'll I'll make par at, at worst versus hitting driver and risking a bogey or a double bogey. So I like that no caddy kind of has that thought process built into it and how you strategize your way around the golf course. Yeah. So how many users do you have of the app and do you know where they come from or is it just kind of a total user basis? Yeah, no. So uh, we just got started this season. We're slowly ramping up and I'm definitely on kind of a bootstrap budget. So uh, we have uh, several hundred users already though this season. Um, we're nearing on, on our first thousand. So we're pretty excited about that. Hopefully this podcast helps with that number a little bit. Uh, and we also uh, map all, our, all of our golf courses uh, by request. So uh, we don't use anybody else's data. We basically build out our own database. And uh, we've mapped countries now in, in 19 countries, and uh, we're in 39 states. So we kind of have an idea of where people are coming in. And they're coming in from all over, which is fantastic. That is awesome. So we're going to get yeah. to that. But one of the questions I'm going to ask later is how we get Tiburon, both of our golf courses, on your app. Okay. Excellent. We'll get there. But that's really cool that you're in that many. And so working for Troon, we're always looking at the number of cities and countries and states that we're in. So that's that's yeah. cool. Like, is a goal of yours to get to 50 states? Like, is that the Absolutely. First? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we really want to concentrate a little bit. I, I'm based in Broomfield, Colorado. Uh, just outside of Denver. So, you know, one of the focuses that I want to be able to have here at the beginning is to be able to proactively map a lot of the courses uh, in my area and around here so that I can go out to these courses and talk about kind of what no caddy brings. Uh, but absolutely, I mean, we want to make as big of a footprint as possible and r really no courses out of our reach, you know, with, with the technology that we have today. So, uh, you know, in the far corners of the world, we, we have courses mapped in, in South Africa. We have courses mapped in France and Germany and you name it. So I, I'm excited that there are so many people all over who have uh, not only the desire to play, you know, with this type of tool, but have the access uh, and, and uh, can reach us. So it's pretty awesome. So let's say a course operator is sitting here watching <laughs> this episode, listening to this episode. What's the cost for a facility to get their their golf course on the app yeah so there's no cost so really what, we, what we're trying to do is benefit the, the user uh so it's really uh consumer based and so if you as the user go in and you can't find the course that you want to play on uh basically there's a link there uh in the course select menu and you would just tap it it'll take you to a menu that basically says hey tell us what the name of the course is and uh where it's located and then that'll notify the team at no caddy and uh <laughs> this guy <laughs> yeah and uh i'll go in i'll find out all the gps coordinate points i'll find the scorecarding information and get it all up to speed so that you can play generally i'll get that in within 48 to 72 hours depending on uh how many requests are, are in the queue Dude, that's awesome yeah. so the app is available on ios android coming soon kind of what's your android, strategy there? yes the objective is uh in the next 12 months uh to be up and running in android uh interestingly 
I I became a golfer very recently. I became uh, an app developer even more recently. I basically had the concept, and at first I was looking into you know having somebody build it, uh, and eventually it just became you know hey you know what's stopping me? And so basically I have been learning how to program uh, as a part of this whole process. And uh, I'm excited to say that, that, you know, I've made it myself with, with that knowledge that I built. So, so Android is next, but I'll have to learn a new programming language. So I got to get this thing going first. And then uh, once I prove its viability a little bit more, then we'll start looking at, at phase two. For what it's worth, I use an iPhone, so I'm just saying. Very good. <laughs> Very now, good. <laughs> for those golf course operators, what's the process that says, hey, John Doe Golf Club, I want to be on this app. Where do they go? What do they do? What's the, <laughs> what, what information do you need from the facility? Yeah, so uh, in order to get the facility on, basically, I I need coordinate information, which is basically, um, I, I can find that on most scorecards these days. Most scorecards have uh kind of the location of all their holes and setups and uh, i find a lot of the course information online so really if you're if you're not a user that's going in uh to request uh, a golf course from there uh you can go to www.notecaddy.com and there's a place to request uh, courses to be added to the database there as well as well as a list of all the courses that we have available so we're up to almost 300 golf courses that we've mapped so far awesome so under the rules of golf which We'll talk a little bit. I mean, a few weeks ago, Phil Mickelson challenged the rules of golf. We'll, we'll talk about that on our back nine. But under the rules of golf, let's say I'm in a competition. Can I use this app and the notes and, and the coordinates in a official competitive event? Yeah, so it depends on the competitive event. Uh, most like club championships and things like that do allow the use of GPS as long as there's no slope uh, involved. And um, so we we don't include slope um, and things like that for that reason to try and simplify that. Uh, we are also looking at, at uh, updating our website here soon uh, to allow you to uh, potentially become a premium user and be able to print out your notes. Um, and then that way, if you are in a tournament where you're not able to use them because the tournament doesn't allow you to, you'll be able to take basically uh, a paper format of the notes that you've taken. So that is in the works, uh, something that we are trying trying to build out. Um, but in the meantime, yes, most uh, amateur tournaments that are not um, for uh, big money, you you can use a mobile application. So just just for the record, Bryce Bryson DeChambeau, you can not use this, unlike <laughs> your protractor yes, compass crap that he was doing a yes. few weeks ago like come on like of all of the people too the guy that uses same length iron <laughs> is going to be using a legitimate like math you like i don't yeah. even know if i could tell you how to use that besides to draw a perfect circle like right <laughs> and, and the excuse that he used he's like oh it was to define pin locations because the sheets are usually wrong I'm pretty sure the sheets are 100% accurate. Accurate, exactly. That's the PGA Tour we're talking <laughs> about here, right? So the app, you talk about adding the no zone and the go zone. What other new things are coming up for the app? You got any upcoming new features you're looking to add? Yeah, so uh, we've got actually quite a few features. The big, the biggest one that we're uh, excited uh, to build in is the No Caddy community, uh, which we're calling the No Caddy Army. And really, uh, that's going to take NoCaddy to the next level. Essentially, right now, you know, you would take notes on the courses that you play, and you would basically keep your own notes. But one of the things that we have set up in your profile is you tell us how far you hit your seven iron, and you tell us how far you hit your driver. 
And so uh, in the future, what we're looking to do is basically uh, build a community of users who are taking notes. And then what we can do is match you up to other users' notes. So say you go to a course you've never played before without having to take notes. Now you can play that course like it's your home course. You know, you've never seen the greens, but you know exactly how they break. You, you've never seen that hole. It's a blind dog leg left, but you know exactly the line you want to take to drop that ball. Or you know, hey, I shouldn't hit driver on this bar five. Let me hit three wood, and then I'll have a four iron onto the green. So, Thank you, Bernard Sheridan, for proving my point there. I think yeah. this is a conspiracy, I think. I think he's getting in your <laughs> ear a little bit there. Now, the app itself, it's free to download, right? So you talk about this freemium model that you might be rolling out. So where does the yes. funding come from to produce an app like this? Like you said you did it on your own. I mean, it's just my, you, right? My wife has been asking me that for months now. <laughs> I hope she's watching, and then maybe she can figure out where this is coming from. This is great. Yeah, so... <laughs> Excuse me. We've got several revenue streams right now, and right now they're very basic, uh, and we're really not making you know a ton of money right now. What we're really looking to do is build up our build up our user base, uh, and so we do uh, have some ad support, and you are able to uh, pay to remove ads, which really does make the experience better. It gives you a lot more space to draw on the greens and things like that. Uh, so you can purchase that, and then in the near term, what we're looking to do is add those two extra uh, revenue streams, which are. A, to um, become a member of the NoCaddy community, be able to print out your notes, and then be able to access other people's notes and be matched to them uh, on other courses. But uh, that sort of thing, you know, it's kind of a really cool feature. And so a lot of people that I've spoken to are like, yes, I, I would download the app for that. And so kind of one of the concerns that exists is, hey, you know, if we set that up right at the beginning, we're going to have a lot of people who want to use other people's notes and not a lot of people who've created notes. So what we're trying to do still is kind of start slow, get get a bunch of people on board, start getting notes put into the database. And then once that's established, uh, the, the NoCaddy community will be a lot more successful. So and then the other thing that we're looking to do is, uh, you know, sell some of our own advertising. The cool thing about it is, you know, since we have access to all of our data, you know, the course that I have, you know, in Milwaukee or the course that I have, you know, outside of Denver, you know, I can I can talk to uh, businesses outside of Denver who want to reach that specific uh, clientele who's there. And I can say, hey, you know, on these three courses, you know, come advertise uh, within NoCaddy and, um, you know, set up set up very specialized advertising that will really hit hit the markets that people are looking to hit. So you developed the app kind of from scratch, right? Like you wrote the code. Like what was that process like when you first started? Like I can imagine that was a lengthy, like I'm trying yes. to learn Spanish right now. And I asked someone, I've been trying. It's I mean, a lot like, like that. For two weeks, I've been trying to learn Spanish, right? So <laughs> I'm using an app on my phone, Duolingo. If you've never used that, I highly recommend it. It's awesome. And I asked someone the other day and I said, hey, I'm trying to learn Spanish. I'm using this app on my phone. How long before I can speak Spanish fluently? And they said, two years. And I said, I might be done because <laughs> I don't know if I can dedicate two years. I'm still I'm still plugging away, right? But like from a from an app developer standpoint, that's not something you just sit down and you figure out how to type on a, on a word processor. Like that's a process, right? You got to learn languages of speaking of Spanish. You got to learn a programming yes. language. It's so very, it's actually very similar. How how has that been? Like, are, are you learning? Are you using Google to just find you know tips and tricks? Like, kind of what's that process been like for you to develop an app like this? Yeah, well. Two different and you know distinct ways of a language, and number 
number one is you sit down in a classroom or you pick up your app and you know you start getting told verbs and you repeat the verbs and you try and do that and the other way is to get on an airplane and go down to mexico and you know all you have is you know your toothbrush and not much else <laughs> Thank and you for the good toothbrush luck. reference, by the yes. way, to what yes. I'm going through right now. <laughs> yeah. And and then, you know, uh, when you have to go to the bathroom, you're going to have to figure out how to say bathroom pretty quick, Anya. right? When you're hungry, you're going to have to figure out how, how to ask for food and things like that. So, you know, immersion is kind of uh, the second tactic, and, and it can be a little bit more challenging and a little bit more frustrating. It's a lot more intensive, but uh, I think that, you know, when you're there and you have goals and you have objectives, uh, it also makes it a little bit more fruitful. So, you know, that's kind of the path that I've taken. And really, you know, programming, the awesome thing about it is all it is is a series of problems. And it might be a thousand problems, but if you can break it down into the smallest version of a problem, there's somebody who's already solved that. And so you can go out and with resources like YouTube and Google and Stack Overflow and things like that, uh, you know, they say you can learn anything now on the internet and it really is kind of true. So as long as you have the right drive, I mean, I'll definitely tell you there, there have been, uh, nights where I, you know, I went down to the basement at seven 30 and there was light and I came down, came upstairs and it was six 30 and there was light, you know, and I didn't know which way it was up, but you know, I finally figured out how to, how to solve the problem with the code. So that's awesome. YouTube is like literally the best thing on the internet. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. a week ago, I had a light on my, I got a new computer at work. I had a light on my keyboard and it was affecting the way I was utilizing spreadsheets and I would go right and down and left and it wouldn't go. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I saw this light and I'm like, that light's not on. So I literally went to YouTube and I was like, <laughs> top right PC keyboard, third light right on. Boom. The numlock, First video, yeah. bingo, you know what it is. See, I, <laughs> I know what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, I spent five minutes trying to figure out how to turn it off. Yeah, there's a button like right there that says numlock and I hit it <laughs> yeah. and it turns it off. But I, I'm, a, I'm a Mac guy, right? Like iPhones, iPads, you know, and I'm, I've got this PC at work. And But it's just YouTube is what, you know, the saving grace. So that's really cool. So before we jump into the back nine, kind of what's what's the immediate future of NoCaddy? I mean, it seems to be a fairly new new app, but like, what are the some of the things that are coming down the pipeline that you're looking to add, you know, right away in terms of features for users? Yeah, so really, uh, I've probably spent the last twelve months uh, working through getting the app deployed initially, and then uh, kind of starting to build the user base, getting getting uh, the basic functionality, kind of more how people uh, will accept it. And so um, now we're basically just past that point and we're really starting to try and look at, you know, kind of getting an audience, getting a market for it. So the next stage is really to kind of uh, focus on on the marketing side, getting more people involved. <clears throat> and then I think that at that point, you know, the features are kind of uh, going to kind of draw out themselves. We're going to get, you know, people asking for this or that. We've gotten some requests for things like, you know, uh, holding more than just your own score uh, so that multiple users can keep score within the app at the same time, things like that. Trying to make the app a little bit more social uh, and shareable so you can share your scorecards. Uh, you know, we get a lot of comments that the scorecards are um, really cool looking and it would be nice to, you know, share them on Facebook or Twitter or something like that. So things like that are, are going to be rolling out in the next few months uh, if all goes well. 
Awesome. Now you mentioned social media a little bit. You've been very active on social media. Kind of what's what's been your strategy there? Just I mean, what are you using Facebook, Twitter? If I can convince you to spend more time in the Google Plus Golf community, wink, wink. Twenty seven thousand members strong, growing every day. So come over there and spend some time. But what's kind of been your strategy with social media? Yeah, uh, Google Plus is something I really haven't touched yet. Uh, same with Instagram. Really, um, initially when we started. Uh, and it was we back then because I did have a partner who kind of was looking at the concept with me uh, and we were looking at uh, kind of expanding the audience for the concept, you know, to see if people were would be interested in something like this. Um, we, we were working a lot out of Facebook and uh, Twitter and stuff like that. And kind of what I found was that Facebook is uh, has turned into kind of your house, if you will. People can come and see that you're there and they understand that that's your place. And then if you want to go and find other people, uh, the best place to do that that I've found so far is Twitter because uh, you can go out and, you know, and find people based on their engagement and based on, you know, what they like. Um, and, it, and it's a lot more conversational, really. So, um, you know, Twitter is mostly what, what I use to connect. Um, uh, shout out to Golf Chat, which I think is uh, going on right now on Tuesdays uh, in the evenings. Uh, I've met a lot of cool people uh, through golf chat and uh, really, you know, we're just trying to expand kind of our, our conversational audience on Twitter and then reach out, um, you know, with my wife's help, I'm getting into Instagram now and uh, maybe we'll check out this Google plus thing. Please do. And you yeah. mentioned golf chat. So I, the worst possible time for me is <laughs> eight o'clock on a Tuesday. Cause I'm, I leave work at five, five thirty. I go to the gym by the time I get home I'm making dinner and it's like, I'm eating dinner when golf chat's starting. So I'm in golf chat almost weekly, but it's like 10 PM. Like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little late to the party, so to speak. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, a gentleman who actually, um, funny story. Like I've got a lot of connections to golf chat and, and more, more than just the fact that I know Zeb, right. The guy that kind of started it, but yeah. the most recent guy that has been hosting it has been on this show. Ben, who's going to be the new host going forward <clears> is been on this show. Um, I was this close to getting him to come play in my golf tournament in October, but uh, I'm not upset, Ben, but I'm still a little unhappy that you're not coming, whatever. Come on, Ben. Yeah, yeah, right? Come on, Ben. Like, you're going to host man. golf chat, but you can't come play in my golf tournament? But, you know, it is it is good, and there's a lot of good conversation and good good content in there, and the question sometimes can cause a little bit of a stir. Um, as you know, recently, Greg Norman um, – posed in some photos where it's hard to be on Twitter and not know. Yes. Oh yeah, you're right. And I, I seem to have a different opinion than most. I think that if I look that good when I'm that old, that I would take all the pictures that you'd want. Oh, oh yeah. Not Absolutely. that long ago, Gary player was on the same issue of ESP in the magazine, but naked. Doing the like, same thing. That's not a that, big deal. Like it wasn't a big thing, deal when right? player did it, but now it's a big deal that Greg Norman's not. And Norman played it off a little bit. Like, so working Tiburon and Greg's tournament with Tiburon, I've got some connections to him. And, you know, I see him and I'm like, I'm not picturing him in that light. But when he's posing with that <laughs> shark, like right in his face, and he's, I, I don't know, like, just good for You're him. You're cool with it. You're cool with right? it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we're halfway done. Your, your front nine was all about business. That was fun. It's very cool to learn more about the app and how it's kind of come from nothing. And you've kind of learned the programming language along the way. It wouldn't, know that by looking at the app and using the app but on the back nine we're gonna have a little fun it's about you and golf and it's kind of you know let your hair down a little bit so you ready for your back nine <laughs> i'm ready let's do it what's your favorite golf movie 
Uh, so, you know, I haven't seen all the golf movies, which is surprising because there's like only five of them and they play them like at least three times a day <laughs> on five. Golf Channel. <laughs> Maybe not, actually. Caddyshack, Ten Cup, Bagger Vance, Greatest Game, Tommy's Honor. <laughs> yep, there's five. <laughs> oh, there you go. See, you forgot uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy oh, Gilmore. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, there's six. Which, yeah, so you're which, probably, I, which probably has to be my favorite. I, I can probably watch that one more times than i can watch all the others i also really liked the one um that they did on sevi uh the that? golf channel did the golf channel did one uh on uh sevi like growing up and that one was really cool i'm not sure what it's called uh, I but i enjoyed it a lot yeah he, he kind of shows up as a seven-year-old like whipping out his four iron for everything so that's cool it's a, it was, it's a lot of fun yeah it's a good one what golf ball are you currently playing so at the moment, uh, I'm playing the Bridgestone B330S. So I haven't I haven't switched to their new version, uh, which is like the Tour B or whatever, because uh, the B330s went on sale uh, because they came out with the new version. So I bought a bunch of those and um, keeping my balls a lot longer these days. So I like that. it because it gives me good spin and it, it feels pretty cushy. In the wintertime, I'll, I'll switch because it, it does get pretty cold here in Colorado. Uh, I'll switch either to their RXS or I'll play Chrome Softs because they're a little mushier. So yeah, it gets cold here in Naples too, like mid seventies. It's crazy. It's so <laughs> yeah, cold. it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best golf Winter course weather. you've ever played, and the worst golf course you've ever played? And <laughs> I got out golf courses. Okay. Uh, so again, I haven't been playing that long, so I haven't really had the opportunity to go out and check out bucket list golf courses too much. Uh, we did take a, a trip out to Mesquite, uh, and I did get to play. Uh, I think probably my favorite one out there was uh, called Falcon, the Falcon or Falcon Ridge. And uh, so it's kind of in the same vicinity there as Wolf Creek uh, and the same style, too, of just kind of drop-offs everywhere. Uh, another cool one up here is called the Raven. It's a mountain course, uh, and it's um, it's set up with shots that are similar. You got par threes where you got, you know, 200-foot drop-offs. You got to try and not, you know, figure out a club for that shot, and especially at altitude on here. So, wedge, just hit wedge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just just tap one down there, see what happens. Yeah, maybe just putt it and roll it all the yeah, way. Down yeah, there. that's just keep it under the wind. <laughs> and the worst, you gotta uh, have a, you the gotta worst have a one. Gosh, yeah, there's a course out here that's called Applewood, and uh, I think that there have been times when the course has been all right, but at least when I played. The, the greens were hardly discernible, I think, is the nicest way I could say that. So, you know, a short little muni course, tough to, you know, kind of hit a good shot and get rewarded necessarily. So that's so, probably the worst course I've ever played. I listen to Dave Ramsey religiously, and he's always like, you know, somebody will be like, oh, can I name the company? And they're, they're mad at the company or shaming the company. And I'll say, <laughs> yeah, 15 million people will hear this. And unfortunately, this show's not quite there yet. Yes, hopefully nobody at Applewood is there. Very you know, soon. Applewood is going right down. Right That's what's good. <laughs> what's your favorite PGA Tour major? Oh, man. Uh the U.S. Open, I don't, a lot of people talk a lot of smack about it, and it's very controversial when people are like, oh, you know, the the, the shots are not fair and this and that. Good. I don't want it to be fair. I want I want the winner to be eight over par. <laughs> I love seeing these guys. Scoring. You don't ever get to see that, you know, so that I think that that's, you know, an excellent contrast. And, you know, in spite of the fact that they did say that a few of the holes did feel unplayable, 
you know, to me, that's just, that's how, if you are an amazing, excellent, the best golfer, you figure out a way, you know, people say, well, you know, you hit 150 yards shot stiff and you know, the ball ends up off the back of the green, you know, you got to get rewarded for a good shot. I'm like, well, you know, how do you hit a shot that rolls off the back of the green and call it a good shot? If it's 40 yards away, you know, you didn't pick the right shot. That's like when Sergio, you know, was hitting, you know, a certain wedge and it would, it was landing stiff. It was landing two yards away from the hole and happened to be rolling back on a certain golf course and ending up in the water. And then he did it again and it rolled into the water and then he did it again and rolled it into the water. Nobody said that he would, that it was the course there that wasn't rewarding him for a good shot. They were saying he picked the wrong shot, right? So you got to apply that to, to the U S open too, I think, and pick a different shot to hit in a different scenario. If you're, if you're thinking that it treated you unfairly. I'm with you, man. So let's have a drink. Beer, wine, something else. I mean, you're in Colorado. You better be drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, actually, I probably like beer a little bit less than most people around here. There is uh, a microbrewery on every corner um, and <laughs> right next to every Starbucks. So, it's <laughs> But uh, I'm more of a Jack and Coke guy myself. Ooh. I typically don't drink that much on the golf course, but uh, if it gets good enough or if it gets bad enough, I'll definitely start with the Jack and Cokes. I played with a member not long ago, and we were on like the third hole. We made a birdie, and she's like, "Ooh, birdie juice!" And I'm like, "What is birdie juice?" She's like, "We make birdies. We take shots." And I'm like, "I'm making birdies going forward. Like from this point forward, every shot is a birdie opportunity for me. So I, I can appreciate the the opportunity to have a cocktail. So yes. Now, be honest. How far do you hit your driver? Uh, so I actually hit my driver, and this is kind of cheap because again, we're in Colorado. Yeah, so, that's not fair. Like, like we got to do the math to like you know sea yes, level exactly, numbers. Exactly. So uh, you know, of my friends, I'm probably one of the longer drivers, but I wouldn't call myself a long driver by any stretch. I probably hit the ball out here uh, about 285, 290 typically, and so probably that means that you know back on real earth, down closer to sea level, I'm probably hitting like 260 yard drives. That's pretty good though. That's still pretty good. Yeah. So. Now, let's go back to the U.S. Open. It was a few weeks ago, and Phil okay. did a thing. And <laughs> Phil always does a thing. And when this happened, the internet broke, and people went bananas, and they're still kind of going bananas. He, he is currently on an apology tour. Like, yes. okay, here's my thing. My, my quick two cents. He did it. I don't agree with it. He looks immature and ridiculous having done it. The, pen, the penalty was two strokes. He suffered the penalty. He made a 10 move on. End of discussion. What are your thoughts on what happened? And should he be on this apology tour that he's currently on? I mean, I definitely think it was quite overblown. I kind of, right when it happened, I kind of went back and forth a little bit. I didn't see it happen live, so I had to look it up. And, uh, you know, when I watched it in the, I've never seen that before. That, like, I was, my mind was just blown at first. And then, you know, I looked at his score and I was like, okay, well, you know, He's not in the tournament. Like this isn't the first time it's happened. We've seen it, you know, with other tour pros and things like that. And when it comes to the question of whether or not he should have been DQ'd, I think that that's probably something different from him having done it. So him having done it, I, I didn't see it as something malicious or, um, you know, more than just, you know, him being goofy, kind of how Phil can tend to be. And he knew he was out of the tournament. He knew he was getting crushed on the hole and it was just kind of a, you know, watch this, you know, so for entertainment value, I actually thought it was awesome. You know, I thought it was funny and I thought it was lightening the moment. 
you know, on what was a train wreck of a hole. Uh, you know, it, I think that if I had been Phil and uh, knowing Phil's position in the game of golf, I probably would have said, hey, you know what, like this is controversial and I'm going to make it not controversial. I'm not in this tournament. I'm just going to DQ myself. I'm just going to step out and say, you know, I'm sorry if you felt like it was an offense to to golf. I wasn't in the tournament and, you know, I was just being light about the situation. And that's that. I think that if he had done that, I think that the book would have ended on it and it would have been case closed, kind of like you say, and people would have just moved on and said, okay, well, you know, that's, you know, probably the way it should have gone. I think that the fact that he didn't really say much about it after that, besides like suck it up, basically, uh, kind of stirred stirred the controversy a lot and then kind of moved us into, well, should it have been a two-stroke? Should it have been a DQ? And then, you know, it kind of became this open-ended thing. Yeah, it, uh, if Tiger did that, he'd be, he'd be <coughs> oh, done. Oh, man. And, yes, and, I, mean, I don't know. But then Phil went on on Sunday and he parred the hole and he did his whole, like, jumping thing that he did when he won his <laughs> first major and, you know, whatever. But... <laughs> I uh, I don't think it tarnishes his career. I think it'll be a it'll be a conversation no. on his career for a long time. But I think that you know if and if he wins another tournament, it gets kind of forgotten, and it's already kind of forgotten because you know just yeah. a couple of weeks ago, Bryson DeChambeau is drawing pin locations with a <laughs> compass, and it's always something, right? If Tiger's not in the news, it's it's got to have something. So yes, now I, I didn't tell you before, before we went live that I am Tiger's biggest fan. I mean, you can see him; he's all <laughs> around me. That. I have. <laughs> Literally in this room right behind me, there are boxes okay. on boxes of stuff with his face on it. Like if All his right. face is on, I want it. Like I'm self-proclaimed biggest fan, right? Now, do you think he breaks Jack's record? Why or why not? And be careful how you answer this. I'm yes, liking this. Almost this. I'm liking the like conversation here. It's almost you have to understand that uh, I started golf reasonably recently. Like I didn't follow golf in Tiger's heyday when he kind of made golf almost so you know i've struggled a little bit with golf's return because you know seeing it with a little bit less of a biased eye for his glory days you know his um you know i'd see him show up for tournaments and then you know just 18 different blog posts and articles and this and that about tiger woods you know on golf channel or on golfdigest.com or on golf.com and he's in like 42nd place I'm trying to figure out who's winning the tournament. And I'm like, well, all I see is Tiger Woods, but he's nowhere. He's not even in this tournament, really. So what's going on? So, you know, aside from that piece and kind of having to understand, okay, why is there all this craziness about Tiger Woods? Um, you know, the last few tournaments that he's played in, he's been showing some stuff. His swing speed is up and his control is up. And, uh, you know, he's still a few away from that major record. So I, I would be willing to bet he does at least win another major or two. Uh, whether he gets all the way there, I would be less inclined to bet on it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against it. So Chip Essick from the PGA, who will be the president of the PGA uh, soon, was on this show. Um, it's every time I feel like he was on a couple of weeks ago, it's been a couple of seasons ago. And, <laughs> and I ask, I've asked every guest of the show that same question, and he said that if he wins one more, he breaks the record. And I like that because it's if he gets huh. one more, then he knows, one, he can do it. And two, that'll be the motivation that he needs to shut up, go win tournaments, and go win majors. And I think that if he stay, I mean, at 42, if he can stay as healthy as he is now until 53, 
<laughs> I think he breaks the record by a couple. And okay. I think that's going to be a fun, fun eight, 10 years if he stays healthy. I mean, you got to think, think literally a, less than a year ago, I'm sitting <laughs> in the same chair thinking Tiger's never going to walk again. He's never going to play. Yeah. And now he's swinging a club so fast that he's hitting three iron further than my driver <laughs> in the air. Like it's absurd. And I just, I, I can't think that he's done. And I, I had a, a week where I was like, I had accepted it that he's done thinking <laughs> that I got to have a bonfire and burn all the stuff with his face on it oh, because geez, it's not worth anything. And yeah. I just, I, I, I hope that he comes back and, and can, can do it again. So yeah, the interesting thing about that, I did, and I've written a little bit about this is just that I think that, you know, the greatest players in any sport ever, they, it never crosses their mind that they can't do it. So, you know, I would almost challenge you on that point is that I don't think that there's any doubt in his mind that he thinks he can win all the majors that he needs to to break that record. You know, and that tends to be the reason that a lot of times we see, you know, the greatest professional athletes kind of fizzle out instead of going out after they win the Super Bowl or, you know, in their in their heyday, they kind of end up playing for, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs after they played for the 49ers, et cetera, because it never occurs to them, hey, you know, I can't be the greatest. I am the great. That's what makes them get that to that level in the first place. And so that's the one of the reasons that they're so great. And it's also one of the reasons that they don't know when to quit. <laughs> I think the day that Tiger wakes up and thinks that he can't win the record is the day that he says, I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not He's not going to play in the exactly. Quicken Loans Invitational <laughs> or whatever he just played in. No. And, because he's trying to break the record when he wakes up because he's never going to be an honorary starter at augusta he i don't even know if he knows what the champions tour is he's never going <laughs> to story he's not going to have a bernhard langer and go win 75 tournaments in a season on the <laughs> champions tour when he's done yeah. i think he and i and i honestly think he's that done. when he does that when he retires it'll be a week or two of oh my god the greatest of all time retired and then you'll never hear from him he might design a course here. He might design a course there, but that's it. He's never going to go out and, you know, and I find it interesting that for the first time in his career, he's, he, he feels and seems happy taking pictures with staff and, and yeah. fans and signing autographs. And I hope that's not the reason why he doesn't get to where he needs to be because five, seven, ten years ago, he doesn't acknowledge your existence. Yeah. He plays it's golf a distinct to win difference. golf tournaments, period. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see. And I'm excited to to be alive to be able to see what, in my opinion, the greatest of all time, do whatever he's gonna do to round out his career. So it's gonna be fun. And your final question of your hashtag Wednesday match play is what's next for No Caddy? I mean, it sounds like you're kind of just getting started, but what's the what's the future look like for this brand and this this app and what you're trying to do? Yeah, so we've talked a little bit about kind of where where we're trying to head with the No Caddy community, the No Caddy Army, and then uh, our No Caddy portal online, um, and then um, kind of getting set up on Android. Uh, the other things that that we're looking to do is expand a little bit, actually, uh, uh, the No Caddy brand itself. And uh, you know, now that now that we're a little bit better developers. Uh, one of the things uh, that I've kind of seen a lot is there's people who are just looking for kind of bare bones. They they don't want, you know, notes. They don't want, you know, even much scorekeeping. They just want to know their yardage and things like that. So probably one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to um, kind of seize on the data that we're building uh, about courses. And we're going to do a just GPS model of no caddy. 
Now, to keep things simple, kind of for the higher handicappers who aren't really ready to invest a bunch of time and effort into that. And then uh, we've got this other little pet project uh, kind of in our back back pocket. Uh, that, that it's called Operation Sweet Spot. And, uh, you know, just to give you a little uh, sneak peek, kind of what we're looking at is for, say, a beer drinker like you, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there on the course who are like, hey, you know what? When I drink two beers, like, I am, I am on. And after four beers, I am off. <laughs> I am off. So you feel so good about your round. <laughs> the concept of the app is to track your scores and tr through a timeline and to track your alcohol intake on the same timeline. <laughs> and so it's going to basically say, okay, well, after you've had two beers and it's been half an hour, your scores compared to par are all of a sudden much better. And then once you hit that third beer or it's been an hour, here's where your average score goes so that you can find out what your sweet spot is. And it'll even recommend like, oh, it's time for another beer or, hey, you need to chill it out a little bit. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I can't comment on that because I typically don't drink when I play, but there have been times okay. where I've had as many beers as as many holes as I've played. So yes. Um, oh, weird. We're on the third hole. Where's my next beer? Let's go. So I, I think that that could be fun. I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been so much fun learning more about the the app and kind of the, the history of the app and how it seems like you learned how to how to speak the language of app development to be able to even develop this app. So one more thing before I let you go. Do you have Absolutely. a job past this or is this your full time gig? <laughs> Like what's no, this is uh, this is my this is my nighttime gig by day. That's I actually nice. work uh, in business intelligence, so I'm building reports and uh, sorting through data all day. That's kind of that's awesome. I I did not expect you to say that. I expected you to say that this is all you were doing. So yeah, that's no, really hopefully cool. soon. Hopefully soon. That's awesome. Well, this episode of the hashtag Wednesday Match Play it'll be on YouTube. Obviously, it'll be on iTunes and Google Play via podcast. It'll be shared to Facebook and Twitter and all over the place. It will be in the Google Plus Golf community. Wink, wink. You <laughs> okay. should join. You should engage. I'll be checking it out. 27,000 members. It's growing every day. And I remember, and I'm going to go way back here, because when I created that golf community, I had six members, and then I had eight members, and then I had 12 members. I'm like, oh, my God, we hit 10 members. And I remember <laughs> when I, you know, the milestones, 100, 1,000. And, yes. and it's fun to see it grow, and it's a very engaged audience. And we have one guy that posts on an almost daily basis. He he basically just researches putt putt golf courses and takes pictures of putt putt golf course <laughs> holes, and it's it's really good content. Bernard Sheridan from Impact Zone posts a lot of good content. So please, if you're going to add another network to your repertoire, please add the Google Plus Golf community. And the Google Plus content outside of the community is the only social network that is indexed by search engines. So that alone, in my opinion, makes using the <laughs> network worth it. So. Excellent. Not trying yeah. to to pull your arm here to get you to, to get active there, but you know it's better than Instagram. I'm just saying. All right, but, I'm ready. But I will make sure that all of the links that you talked about, whether it's a link to the app or whether it's a link to all of the stuff that we discussed, are in the description down below. This awesome. episode will be available again on YouTube, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. It'll be on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, anywhere you want to consume this content. Please, if you're watching. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the iTunes or Google Play podcast so you get this content delivered to you every Wednesday morning. And thank you again for coming on the show. It's been so much fun learning about the No Caddy app. And as always on the hashtag Wednesday Match Plays, you have to remember to eat, sleep, golf. <laughs>